everyone. Welcome back to a podcast special. I'm Redman and Riddle, but we are without Riddle today. But we've got another exciting guest today. This has been away for a while. I guess we did eight episodes and basically said everything we knew, so we had to stop at that point. So, uh, but there's a there's a, there's some special purpose behind today's episode. This this podcast special because there's a brand new event, um, a, a training event, a learning event called Worth that I'm launching. It's all about coming back to the heart and the mind of worship. Uh, the first one is actually going to be in the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C., October 25th. We're going to have a whole day together and a chance to learn together about worship and theology, bringing in Jason Ingram, Pat Barrett, W. David O. Taylor, who is a uh, fantastic thinker. And uh, not saying that Pat and Jason aren't, but... But he's, you know, he's another level to the rest of us mere worship leaders. So we're going to have a, a wonderful time, and I'd love to invite you to that. And we'll speak a little bit more about that today. But I thought it'd be a nice moment to come and think about some of these themes again and uh, the heart behind them. But I do have a special guest here today. And um, this guy is a doctor of theology, which I guess means you're qualified to heal our theology <laughs> and cure us of our... Heresy or something, right? Is that is that right? Maybe yeah. I don't know. Hardly. So, this is Glenn Packham, Doctor Glenn Packham. Uh, he's pastor of Rock Harbor here in Southern California, but a history as a worship leader, a songwriter, and also you've done a lot of study too. I actually asked Jack Chat GPT. To, <laughs> oh no. I asked Chat GPT to write an intro for you. Go. Okay, so. It's mainly laziness. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know you to a certain level, but I didn't know how much time I wanted to spend on that, to be honest. (laughs) So it said this, hello and welcome. I asked it, um, write me, I have Glenn Packham on my podcast today, write me an intro. It said, hello and welcome to the podcast name. Today we have the privilege of diving deep into the realms of worship and theology with an incredible guest, <laughs> Dr. Glenn Packham, a renowned author, pastor and worship leader. Dr. Packham brings a wealth of knowledge and insight to our discussion with a unique blend of academic expertise Jeez. and practical experience. You're, you're loving this, right? <laughs> he has not only shaped modern worship practices, Please. but has also delved into the, the theological underpinnings. That's definitely a word I wouldn't have used <laughs> if I'd written it myself that fuel them. From his thought-provoking books to his impactful leadership, Dr. Glenn Packham has been a guiding voice in exploring the profound connections between worship and theology. That's a good sentence. Gee, man. That's for a computer. I'd like to meet this guy. That's a good sentence. (laughs) And then it says, get ready for an enlightening conversation that will undoubtedly inspire and challenge your perspective. (laughs) Man. Welcome, Dr. Glenn Packham. I surely will not live up to that. I was like... (laughs) Chat GPT, you, you don't you don't have to be quite so lengthy next yeah, exactly. time. Exactly, like, please keep it brief. But yeah. it, it was uh, I was actually pretty impressed with that, <laughs> and uh, I loved it. And um, I did actually ask it to write me a joke while I was on there too. Okay, I said, uh, Chat GPT, write me a joke about worship leaders. <laughs> it's not go. quite so impressive, oh, I'm afraid. Oh, it oh, said, boy. Why did the worship leader bring a ladder to church? Because they heard the congregation needed some high praise. Oh no! I mean. No, no. No. I give it 10 for effort. Yeah, but maybe that's, 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 no, that's bad, yeah. Yeah, anyway, Glenn, it's so good to have you here. Thank you've, you, Matt. You, you've been in this part of the, the world for a, a little bit now, a year or so? Yeah, just about a year, yeah. And it's been great to hang a few times. And, uh, you know, even before we did, 
I, I knew a lot about what you've been studying and writing through the years, and uh, including songs, of course. I think, uh, did you write Your Name with Paul Belosh? Yeah, yeah co-wrote with Paul, yeah. That's, that's a wonderful song, I love that. And um, But you, yeah, you've got a lot of, um, you're spinning a lot of plates. <laughs> Family and, and pastoring yeah. a church and, and uh, all this stuff. But I love how much you care about worship and theology. Mm. So I thought you'd be a great guest for today. Thank you, man. And um, if you want to check out any of Glenn's books, by the way, Resilient Pastor, a great one blessed broken given and one you wrote with your wife more recently the intentional year yeah love that i i i saw you've written about 65 worship songs I, yeah i mean is that true that is true in the integrity catalog somewhere <laughs> yeah. you know most of them not way down the list yeah, yeah it's hard to know what to count as a song sometimes <laughs> exactly. i mean i handed this in as a song right i don't know if anyone else did it show up yeah yeah, yeah. no but um i guess what I'm hearing from all this, all this study, and you've got too much spare time on your hands. I mean, <laughs> That's what it is, Matt. That's I was like, how is. is this guy doing all this? There's oh no way. Oh, my gosh, but, but I love that. And I love, yeah, I love that you can come and chat with us a bit today. Mm. Um, it's not chat GPT, it's chat GP. Hey, there you go. You there could, you go, if you man. did, That's the, yeah. That could be your next book title. <laughs> chat with GP. Chat, Glenn Packiam, chat GP. <laughs> but I just... Uh, would love us to get around some thoughts today um, that I'm sure we'll be carrying into this Worth yeah. event. Yeah. And really, ultimately, worship is a counter-cultural act. Mm-hmm. You know? And when we talk about counter, I guess we're meaning we're taking a different direction. Yeah. Uh, one description of the word counter is a force or influence that makes an opposing force ineffective or less effective. Mm. And I love that thought, that uh, a counter is not just about... D- defending what we have but it's actually you might be able to make a positive mm. Mm. uh effect on forces coming the other way mm. um a counter is something that is as different as possible from something else yeah and i love that thought when it comes to worship this is as yeah. different as possible from something else this isn't just yeah. music yeah. as as wonderful yeah. uh, a blessing as music is as it, it's come from the hand of god yeah. to us but when we worship god through music when we say this is our devotion to you this is us giving you that high praise. Mm. This is us singing our hearts out to you because you're worth it. Mm. Then we're, we're into the realms of something different. And when we yeah. talk about worship, we're talking about a counter-cultural act. Yeah. Uh, I've said before on this podcast that sometimes it feels like we've been trying so hard to get our worship in, into the world, that's, but unfortunately some of the world's mm. got into our worship. Mm. Mm. And ultimately, it's not the ship in the sea that sinks the ship. Mm. It's when the sea gets into the ship. It's really good. Yeah, the ship is meant to be in the sea, right. but the sea is not meant to be in the ship. Mm. And that can happen with worship, right? Mm. That we're, we're trying to make it relevant. We're trying to make connection points yeah. and cultural reference points. And that's all valid and important, actually. But it's ultimately important that... In, in doing so, yeah. we don't let any of the sea get into the ship. We don't let the culture of worship yeah. start to become too much like that, yeah. which of the is of the world, because this is some, meant to be something that is as different as possible mm. from something else. Mm. Um, and it, a lot of it's about the focus on the substance, not the style, I would guess. Yeah. But yeah. you have any thoughts on that? Well, Matt, first of all, it's good to chat with you, man. And I have long uh, admired and respected and appreciated you and your work. And I was singing your songs and reading your books uh, for you know for uh, since I was in college and, oh, and uh, uh, so inspired. In fact, you'll think this is funny, but I have a, an old photograph of meeting you back in. Uh, 
99 or something at a worship together yeah, event in Nashville, together, yeah. man. So it's really fun. I love that. Um, but I love was, I, you, was I taller back then? No, that? you were not. Oh, okay. but, but, but I was thinner, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, you know, when you, when you talk about worship as a counter-cultural thing, I really like that, map because the, the truth is all of life, all of the world is trying to form our worship. There there is an effort in the world around us to form us to worship something or someone other than God. And that's that's part of the challenge of living in a in a fallen world is we're creatures who were made to worship. We were creatures who were given uh, the power of our own uh, love and affection and desires. But the, the issue is where we aim that affection, where we that. aim that desire. Um, I mean, years ago, the the North African bishop um, Saint Augustine, you know, talked about the ordering of our loves, and he talked about basically the Christian life is about reordering our affections or reordering our loves and desires, and. What happens when we worship is we are we're pushing back against the way the world wants to form our love. So the world might say, "This is what you should value. You should value status, or you should value, uh, you know, uh, wealth, or accumulation, or image, or popularity, or you know." And and what worship does is it rearranges it and says, "Those things are not bad, but you've got them in the wrong order. Yeah. You, you've got them in, in out of out of uh, out of sync." And so. Worship is counter because it reorders our affections and our loves. But it's also important to recognize that, man, there are quote-unquote worship services happening in the world around us all the time. You know, I'm sure you're familiar with James K.A. Smith and his his work about— I'm um, not, but go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, well he's— just, you, 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 read, you read a lot more books than well, me. I mean. He's a great—he's um, a philosophy professor at Calvin College yeah. and— Years ago, he wrote a book called Desiring the Kingdom, and he used this example of, like, the shopping mall. And he's like, the shopping mall has a liturgy. It has liturgical seasons. You know, when it's the holiday seasons, all the colors are red and green. When it's Valentine's, there's hearts everywhere. There's, yeah. you know, And there's colors to their, quote-unquote, liturgical seasons. There's little chapels where you go and worship, a.k.a. stores. You bring your offering, you know, your credit card, and you leave with a relic. You know, aka, you know, a, a, an outfit, wow. so that you can look like the icon, which is the mannequins or the the pictures of the models that you think that's who I want to live like. So it it's all very temple and worship like, or church and worship like, where you have images or icons of the life you think you want. You 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 have things that you you think I need to have. So all around us, without even realizing it, the world is forming our worship. And as worship leaders, what we're trying to do is we're, we're trying to say, no, 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 at the center of the universe is a God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when we orbit around Him, uh, everything works better that Love way. Love that. Yeah. That's so well put. That's absolutely fantastic. So this podcast, the point of when we made these podcasts is about really wanting to value worship and theology mm. and really want to make sure we could dive as deep as we can um, in our worship. The thought being that, you know, if we, we, we have some things we can measure against, we can measure against the Bible. We're singing our songs yeah. and we're saying, do the songs we sing in, do they actually reflect what we're reading? Like mm. most of us read the mm. Bible every day, I would think. And so what we're reading is when we sing the songs, are they sounding like mm. the same person? Yeah. They sound yeah. like the same God. Does this sound mm. like the same story? And so that's a great thing to measure against. You could also measure against things like old hymns. Mm. Look through an old hymn book and see what are they singing about? Do we sing about the same themes? Yeah. Yeah. Do they, is there stuff that they're singing about regularly or very well that we don't sing about regularly or don't sing about very well? Yeah. And it's a great uh, thing sometimes just to take a step back, I think, mm. and to, mm. to try and measure somehow. Mm. Uh, and so that's what these 
podcasts have been about and this is what this worth event about mm. this worth's all about worship and theology in fact the title of it the wor mm-hmm. from worship the th from theology and just saying actually these events probably not going to be about music production or um melodic yeah. inspiration and there's the great places for that but yeah. these are really going to be trying to pursue um thinking about our worship services worship mm. songs and trying to pursue beautiful truth uh, in a way that's going to help people heal people and and help people see Jesus and and so that's the heart behind these things and that's why I'm bringing in some of these guests and we'll be having some of those conversations um but I was thinking about that I was thinking about guarding truth and mm. thinking about kind of filtering untruth yes. yes I remember Marva J Dawn said worship mm. um may never contain the whole truth but worship must never contain untruth mm. and mm. she's right you know we're always mm. scratching the surface we're never really going to be able to convey in all the glorious technicolor the worth of our god <laughs> who he is why he's so utterly worthy mm. um but we're going to keep trying but along the way we mustn't include untruth yeah. and so there's something about worship and theology being this pursuit of guarding truth and and filtering untruth um we actually have a new puppy which you've you've met <laughs> you've met, met our yes. puppy she's called Lottie <laughs> yeah. um she is a golden retriever um i wouldn't say i mean she's only 16 weeks yeah, but i wouldn't look, say look she's out, much Matt. of a guard dog no. right <laughs> no. i mean you saw her yeah. she came Very straight up to you a stranger <laughs> probably tried to lick you um you know she's she's open to anyone they they could they could be holding a weapon mm-hmm. and screaming in her face i think they'll probably get a lick and a hug from her right now she doesn't seem to have a filter and i don't think she's going to be a good guard dog i don't think maybe golden retrievers are but um but anyone who's remotely a person she's into them and she doesn't filter at all and i wonder sometimes do we do that with their songs the song comes along and we kind of like yeah this is cool i'm all into this and we don't actually stop to think well actually that line's a little bit unhelpful in this yeah. song or well this is cool but we that's what we sung about in the last four songs yeah. so maybe we should have a different song here or this is um feels something of a compromise this song it just feels so diluted down the yeah. truth in this song is yeah. it actually worth singing now i'm being a little bit negative and cynical sure, sure. but the point is we let a lot of songs through because they're oh cool it's a song it's and so especially if they're playable and right, playful and right. friendly and warm but i wonder if we need a bit a few more rottweilers in the mix mm, you know mm, i, I mm. maybe we don't want golden retriever puppies <laughs> thinking through what songs we sing oh, Matt. maybe we need some theological rottweilers <laughs> and um but the point i was going to ask you so is it, yes that is one part of what yeah. we talk about when we're yeah. talking about um theology in, uh, in our worship um but worship theology and the pursuit of that is is actually much more positive than that. Yeah. And I heard you speaking about that when you were talking about theologies actually not just a fence but yeah. it's also a door. Yeah. So I'd love to uh, hear your thoughts well, on that. Well the 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 guard the guardrail function is important and I mean yeah. you're you're right to name it and that Marvadon quote is great we can't sing untruth and 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 this is the thing about worship leading worship songs prayers anything we do together as the people of God is they're not just expressive practices they're formative practices. So I think sometimes we're loose because we say well put this in the realm of 
I'm just expressing my heart. We're just helping people express their heart. And come on, man, there's no need to be fussy about that. And I, I understand it. You know, I, I have, I've actually said that. It's, it's funny, Matt, because I remember when I first started to think a little bit more about this, it was probably 2007 or 8. And I've, you know, always tried when I was a, as a songwriter, always tried to like work in scripture or to think about where, what text I was grounding this in. But one day, you know, this guy sent me one of those nasty Monday morning emails, you know, and then he was like, he was like, hey, I went to ch- your church today and I didn't hear the name Jesus in any of the songs. It was just a generic you, you know, and he's like, no references to the Trinity or, you know, whatever, whatever. And, 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 he, and he goes, um, most of the songs could have been to Simba, the Lion King, for all I know, you know. <laughs> and so I, I wrote him back and I was like, come on, man, you know, poetic expression, blah, blah, blah. And he writes back, Lex Orandi, Lex Credendi, you know. And I was like, what does that mean? You know, I don't speak Latin. And he goes, Google it, you know. And and basically it's an old saying of the church that means the, the rule of um, prayer becomes the rule of faith. Or another translation of it is the way you worship and pray becomes the way you believe. Yeah. So what you're saying about the guardrail, guard dog kind of role of theology is really important because it does shape our image of God. But I think that stopping there is stopping short. And and the reason is that the Bible, theology, even the church's tradition is actually much more than a fence. It's a door. And what I mean by that is it can open us up to new vistas, new horizons, yeah. new rooms. So I think about like the Chronicles of Narnia kind of thing. You know, you open the wardrobe door and boom, you step into this new world. And I, th- I think for the challenge for songwriters, for worship leaders, is to say we, we can become prisoners of our own moment. You know, C.S. Lewis says we can't see the future, so the only thing we can judge the present by is the past. And so we have to, we have to dig into the past, into the tradition, just to a- at least get an accurate sense of what are we doing today. So to just give a couple examples, you mentioned the old hymns. One of my um, the, the the bits of my research for my uh, doctoral work was on the experience of hope in in corporate worship, yeah. and I went deep in like ritual studies and what that means. There's a lot of sociology, blah blah blah. But one of the interesting things was contemporary worship songs have lost a sense of narrative or journey. Um, so even if you think about in the 70s or 80s, the Maranatha, like scripture and song, there was a lot of like um, testimony songs. I yeah. once was lost and now I'm, fr- you know, Tightly. now a lot of the songs drop you in the middle of an experience with God. I'm, I hear your voice. I'm with you now. And that's beautiful because it speaks to the power of a living God speaking to us in this moment. It's, it's a beautiful thing. But if we only have that, then we lose a sense of, of a storyline. But you go farther back in the 1800s, there's a guy from Duke University named Lester Ruth who did the study of hymns from the 1800s, and he found that all those hymns have a journey of like, uh, that include a final verse about the Lord's return or the Lord's coming yeah. again, you know? And and I, I do see songwriters beginning to reclaim that and recover that, and I really love that. But there was a little while there where we lost a sense of that macro story. So, so that's one example of saying, if we look back in our, it, it's almost like, Matt, it's almost like the church has uh, a treasure chest up in the attic, you know, yeah. and we leave it up there. But, you know, like kids, you go to grandma's house, you open up the, I mean, I don't know if kids do it nowadays, but you open up the, the, the treasure chest and you're like, look at all these amazing things. And that's what I think it could be like for us. L- look at an old prayer book. Look at an old um, uh, conf- list of prayers of confessions or whatever. Um, and, and then say, goodness gracious, what we haven't been singing about the incarnation or we haven't been singing about, you know, you did this with your Lamb of God project with a lot of the songs about the cross and saying, what have we forgotten to say about the cross? Oh, that's good. Yeah, I love that. 
And I think that's what we're going to be trying to do on these Worth events, which, by the way, I'd love you to come to one of these and contribute. I thought I'd ask you on here so you can't say no. (laughs) I'm in. But, yeah, I love that thinking that, we could go. We could open up some doors that we, to some rooms we haven't been in very often. That yeah, are wonderful, yeah. beautiful rooms. Mm-hmm. And um, I think some of them that come to mind would be Trinitarian theology. Yeah. You know, making sure that's in the mix. New, um, the new creation, resurrection, yeah. our future resurrection. We don't yeah. sing about that uh, uh, all that much, you know. And um, you're right about. I mean, return of Christ. I think when I've asked different pastors, like, what are the gaps? What are we mm-hmm. missing? In, in in this language, what some of the rooms we haven't been into, they they would say the return of Christ. Yeah, a yeah. lot of them say it's it's such a important part of mm-hmm. uh, affecting our lives because it, it affects how we evangelize, yes. it affects how yes. we pray. Yes. Do we live urgently? Do we live holy lives? It's it has a lot of repercussions. It, well, if we believe Jesus is coming it, back, yeah. For centuries, you know the you know Christians would confess, and and maybe for you growing up in Anglican traditions, you'll remember this too. But there's a couple lines in the Nicene Creed where it says, "He will come again in glory to judge the living and the yeah. dead. His kingdom will have no end." And then the very last line of the creed, we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. I mean, I love that, yes, you know? Yes, it's amazing. It's an amazing uh, line to say. And you're right, it, it's not just about the future. It actually inspires our living now, our, the way we love people now, all of that. Yeah, so the, this is what we're going to be doing on these with these Worth events. Uh, we're hoping to have a few of these, but the first one, October 25th, Museum of the Bible, Washington, D.C., and by the way, um, we're going to try and give you something really special that day. But even if we can't, just come for the venue. <laughs> Museum of the Bible, amazing space. Uh, you know, the vision behind that whole thing. And um, I know so many people have been through there and been inspired. So we're going to be in their theatre having the uh, this this seminar day. But you'll get chance also in the afternoon um, to explore some of the museum. But why not come and make a trip of it? Add an extra day on. You know, you could really have a fantastic time. Get your church to send you, maybe. Maybe you're thinking, ah, oh, you know, I don't live too near Washington, D.C. It's not really a drive-in for me. I wonder if your, if your church would get behind you and, and, um, and send you or send a team. And uh, we'd love you to come and join in this conversation. We really want to learn together. We want to be stretched and challenged because we care about the glory of God. This is all about um, fighting for the glory of God in our worship, you know, and we, 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 we're we doing some good things. There's a lot of great stuff coming out. There's some great songs, but there's always that sense of we, we can still go deeper here. We can still honor him uh, more fully in the things that we sing and the way we lead our worship services. So some of the people are going to help us stir up this conversation on the October event uh, at Museum of the Bible, Jason Ingram. Uh, I'm sure you'll be familiar with him. He is such a consistent songwriter. He he is an interesting guy because he already had a wonderful um, songwriting career, if you want to call it that. You know, with um, he was writing with a couple of Disney writers, and he had some pop stuff going on, and a lot of CCM uh, stuff. But he he was a worship leader. He was leading worship every week in his church, and he was so frustrated. Why can't I write worship songs? It's really what I care about more than anything else. And he felt like this frustration and it was almost like god hadn't pressed go or something and then one day with reuben morgan he wrote the song forever rain Mm -hmm. and it just opened the floodgates and and uh, that song went around the worldwide church pretty fast and since then obviously great are you lord glorious day king of kings 
goodness of God and more recently Holy Forever. He's been part of all those songs. So he's a good person uh, to, to learn from, as is my friend Pat Barrett, who will be there. Obviously, songs like Good, Good Father, The Way, Build My Life. Pat is the best hang anyway, but he's got a lot of great stuff to say. Uh, but I'm also excited to be bringing in um, David Taylor, uh, or W. David O. Taylor, if you want to call him his more <laughs> academic name. Um, he's written books like Open and Unafraid and such uh, a thinker about theology of worship, especially about the arts. Um, but I think what a lot of people would know David for is he brought together the late Eugene Peterson and Bono when they got together for a conversation about the Psalms. And if you haven't seen that on YouTube, you need to. It's absolutely stunning the way they've shot it, but also the conversation is very stirring. And uh, to follow that up, uh, David sat down with Bono from U2 and spoke to him about the Psalms uh, a little more fully as well. So make sure to check those out. But David will be with us. He's got some fantastic things to say. I know, Glenn, you, you, you've come across David. He's, yeah, David is brilliant, man. I, and I love his book on the Psalms, Open and Unafraid. But David's got a new one on Body of Praise about our bodies in worship. I yeah. mean, he's, he's got a great story because he grew up on the mission field, I, I think, in Latin America. And so he just he brings a global perspective as well, as well as a theological one and, and a practitioner. I mean, he serves in his local church. So he's whatever, you know, if your impression of, of academics or whatever is they're out of, out of touch, that's not David Taylor. He's, he's embedded in the life of the church and love the mission that. of God and all of that. And, and he's, he's got some beautiful insights. Love that. So, yeah, we're going to go 9.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. We're going to drink from the fire hose together, <laughs> and we would love you to be there. If you could make a plan to get there for this very first Worth event, I, I, I really would love uh, to, to invite you and... Um, these are not days to be diluting down the medicine, right? Yeah, yeah. Worship theology, when we get it right, can be such, as well as being an honoring thing to God, it can be such a powerful thing in the church, in the world, in our lives, and it's not time to dilute down the medicine. Mm. You know, we, we're going to ask, how do we sing holy, holy, holy in a world of me, me, me? Mm. And we're going to try and figure out um, how we can keep growing in this area together. So I'd love you to join us. And um, if all the details are on worthworship.com, if you go to the website worthworship.com, you can find ticketing, you can find more about the contributors and more about the day itself. And I would invite you to be there. Please try and look into it, make a plan. We're going to learn together. It's going to be beautiful and powerful, I know. And um, Glenn, thank you so much thank you, for man. hanging today. So good, That man. means a lot to me. And um, I would like us to end today. Okay, I've invited you to this Worth event and obviously, for some of you, there's no way you'll make it. Maybe you're in a different country or way too far away or just don't, maybe you don't want to. You know, I'm not even assuming you want to come. But um, whether you do or don't is an invitation today uh, in the Psalms for us. We're going to end with these thoughts from Psalm 95. Probably my favorite psalm. It's a great worship leader psalm, right? Mm, yeah. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it and his hands formed the dry land. I love that. It's saying, come on, let's let's bring a joyful song let's get happy here let's mm. let's celebrate what we're living in and that's the first stage with our worship often in our worship services come let us sing for joy to the lord but there's a very important next stage because in verse six we read come let us bow down in worship and so it's altogether a different 
invitation now. It's, a, it's an invitation to get to our knees. It's an invitation to reverence. Come let us bow down in worship to recognize who it is we're coming before. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. And so that's like our second stage of worship. But what I love about this psalm, it doesn't leave us there. It reminds us in stage three that worship without change is just a game. Mm -hmm. And it says this, it says, Today, if only you would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did that day at Massa in the wilderness. And it's basically saying there has to be change. You know, and, and we complete the integrity of the things that we sing in our worship by our lives becoming worship and our lives being conforming uh, to, to uh, the way of Jesus. And um, so that's the invitation today, the invitation to uh, sing your heart out for joy, but very quickly find your way to your knees in reverence and then let our lives be changed for the glory of God. Uh, Glenn, would you end us in prayer? Beautiful. Amen. Father, we thank you for all the listeners out there, people who are, who are trying to serve your church and trying to love you, first of all, uh, as they lead worship, as they make music, as they um, call the church to, to gather and to uh, reorient our hearts before you. What a beautiful, what a holy task. And Lord, I pray for my sisters and brothers out there. I pray that you would encourage them today. I pray that uh, wherever they find themselves, where they're, wherever they're listening to this, Lord, would you just refresh them? Would you bring renewal to their own spirit? Would you renew their love for you? Would you draw them back to their first love? That uh, they are, first of all, not people who serve the church, but they're, first of all, beloved daughters and beloved sons. And I pray that you would bring them back to that place of freedom and love and joy and knowing you. And, uh, and God, as we all seek to, to cultivate the, 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 the gifts that you've given us, and as we all seek to multiply and be faithful with what you've entrusted us with, God, I pray for the grace. I pray for the grace to take another step today, another step towards change, another step towards growth, another step towards fruitfulness. Uh, and then, Lord, by, your, by the power of your Spirit, uh, we would live lives that honor you. We would lead in such a way that opens eyes to see you. God, that's our heart in all of it. Uh, that we would know you and that you would use our lives to help others know you as well. Thank you for Matt. Thank you for these Worth events. We pray for everyone who's coming to that. Uh, Lord, use these things to multiply your uh, your glory in the world. Uh, use these things to build up your church in the world. Uh, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for the privilege of being part of all this with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thanks everyone for listening today and hanging with us. Thanks, Glenn. Love this conversation. Really hope everyone this conversation has been helpful. And don't forget, worthworship.com, October 25th in Washington, D.C., the first event we'd love to see you there. God bless. <laughs>